1: Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this message in this new series. Man, I am so excited about this. One of the problems I have when I get this excited, sometimes I have a hard time just settling down and saying, okay, this is what I can cover in the time that I have. Usually I end up with just too much material to cover in the time that we have. But as always, I will be making an audio series for this that you can download anytime as you're watching this Cyber Church message. And uh, man, I'm telling you what this is one of the most important messages you can hear right now. One of the things that I've always noticed is that people in general, including the church, tends to be very reactionary in uh, in our thinking and how we process and deal deal with problems. Now, if you are reactionary, uh, that really means that the problem is probably, out of control before you ever do anything about it. See, we should not be reactionary people. We should be proactive people who are following the voice of God, who are making decisions and determining what's going to happen here on planet Earth and and how we're going to live our lives here on planet Earth. Now, I know that uh, if you're watching this when it first comes out, then you're watching it about a week before what we call Easter, before Resurrection Sunday. Now, as I prayed and thought about the resurrection and what I needed to bring out about the resurrection to make it really meaningful, important, and valuable for, for you, the thing that just kept coming back to me is I need to I need to deal with the rapture because the rapture is our personal resurrection. You know, Jesus was resurrected. Or you even could say rapture in a certain sense, because the word rapture in the Greek means it comes from the word uh, harpazo. And the word harpazo means to catch some something and snatch it, snatch it away. So Jesus really went through his personal rapture, his personal resurrection, and then then actually ascended up into heaven, and that would would have been his actual rapture. Now, our faith for the rapture is intimately connected to uh, the resurrection. Now, one of the things that I have noticed over the last decade or two is less and less of an emphasis and less and less biblical understanding of the resurrection and and what it really means to the believer. Those of you who have uh, who have uh, listened to my series, Or watch the videos on our website about three days that changed the world. You understand that every aspect of your faith for salvation is rooted in what Jesus did on the cross, in his death, in his burial, what happened in the grave, how he was resurrected, and then ultimately consummated with him seated at the right hand of God and thus receiving an inheritance in him. And so the great majority of believers seem to want to operate faith in what I call the historic Jesus, the Jesus that walked planet earth. And I mean, that's the same Jesus that died and was raised from the dead. But what he did when he walked planet earth was he created models for us. He showed us who God really was, showed us what God was really like. But he also showed us how we could be and how we could function if we would simply believe the truth about who we are in Jesus. Because he is our model. He is our example. But everything for the power that that makes us capable of being and doing all the things Jesus said we could be and do, all of that comes down to what we believe about the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's amazing to me how few people have any working knowledge of, of, of really the death, burial, and resurrection. And so much of what people talk about in believing that Jesus was raised from the dead is not based on what the Scripture says. So, you know, your faith has to be a Jesus being raised from the dead as the Scripture says, or Jesus dying as the Scripture says. It doesn't matter what my opinion of it is, what your opinion of it is, what does the Bible say occurred in that situation? Well, so we've got the resurrection, and we know that the resurrection is not only the basis for all of our faith, but it is the basis for our ultimate hope of being delivered from this world once it goes over the edge and, and cannot be corrected and cannot recover. Uh, we, the resurrection of Jesus gives us hope that we too can be resurrected or snatched away. Now, I'm, I'm using the word rapture and the word resurrection as if they are overlapping realities. I'm not saying they're synonymous because I don't believe there are synonyms in the Bible. I believe, I believe every word has its own specific meaning and use, and we need to understand that. But for the sake of this message and for the sake of bringing this point home, I'm going to use rapture and resurrection somewhat interchangeably, even though I know they are not uh, actually synonymous. But it's important for us to realize that if we lose touch with the resurrection, we lose touch with the rapture. By the same token, if we lose touch with the rapture, we start losing touch with the resurrection. And, and once either of those things begins to happen, we start or we have a tendency to live a very irresponsible life. We lose our passion for God, uh, we lose the sense of expediency of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we, we lose our kingdom purpose. And I'm telling you, so many people backslide not because they start out wanting to get into sin, but because we do not keep this urgency about the return of Jesus and what we're supposed to be doing uh, in preparation for the return of Jesus. We we lose touch with that. And so then eventually we just become complacent uh, in our faith. we become complacent in our responsibilities for what we are supposed to be doing here on planet Earth as we prepare for the return of the Lord Jesus. Now, uh, in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, the Apostle Paul's writing, and he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So right off the bat, Paul is making this connection in our belief about the resurrection, and ultimately our belief in the rapture and the second coming of jesus now i'm going to say this over and over so much of the confusion about the second coming of jesus is because we we roll the rapture and the second coming of jesus into one event and it is not one event and so then we look at the description of the rapture we look at the description of the second coming they're different we try to meld those together and really, we just end up with nonsensical, contradictory doctrine that, that really confuses us and causes us to lose hope and, and confidence. But you see that Paul here, he, act, he deeply uh, and seriously connects our beliefs about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, the rapture and the second coming. Verse 15, he says, For this we say, uh, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now this is this is really important. You know I've heard all kinds of crazy arguments about what death is and and you know where we go when we die. And it's amazing how much of that I hear from from believers and even preachers that don't base a single word of it on what the Bible says. Jesus said that that you know, when we depart planet Earth, we are with Him. We abide with Him. Now, at that time, we haven't had our resurrected bodies, uh, and and of course, we haven't come back to rule and reign on planet Earth with Him, but uh, it's very important that you understand this. Those who have already died in the Lord, they will precede us. They will be resurrected before us, and then we will be we will go through a rapture or a resurrection of sorts where we are immediately transformed our body is is completely transformed and we, we may get to that in just a little bit but in verse uh, 16 he says for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of god and the dead in christ shall rise first now by rising this does not mean they've been taking a dirt nap ever since they died it does not mean they have Have no consciousness since they have died. It just means that their body has not yet been raised up and been given their new uh, eternal body. Verse 17 says, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So there he says it just as plain as day, Jesus himself referred to it, is taught in the Old Testament, It's taught all the way through the Bible, and it's taught very explicitly in many places. It's taught through typology. I mean, every way that you can uh, uh be taught anything, uh, the rapture and the second coming is uh taught all throughout the Bible. And so, and so we are going to be caught up. That's where you get this word parzo, uh and that word, by the way, in the Latin is is where we got the word rapture. The word rapture is nowhere in, in the Bible, uh, but in the Latin Bible, there was a, u- a word used for caught up that sounds a lot like rapture. And it was just, it was just transliterated uh, because they didn't really, I don't think really want to promote the rapture or they didn't want people to believe there was a rapture. Now, let me tell you something. We, we live right now in a theological world that has gone so far off the rails that the real truth is even when many people attempt to find comfort in the scriptures, in the teachings of Jesus, uh, many times they can't because the beliefs or the intentions from which Jesus taught the truth, uh, we have changed those intentions, which means we have changed our understanding or the value of things that he taught us. And so we are living in a time right now where honestly, Uh, feel-good sermons can make you feel good for a minute, but I got news for you, they can't can't make you feel good at night when you're struggling uh, with watching the world around you cave in, when you're watching the world go into darkness. Now, one of the things that disturbed me so deeply, and I've said this several times in several different messages lately, back when I wrote my book called Apocalypse, which I'll tell you, the apocalypse, it's it's a spiritual guide to the second coming of Jesus. It is still as revel- relevant today as it was when I wrote it. But when I wrote it, nobody wanted to prepare for these days where we find ourselves right now. We find ourselves in at least the beginning of sorrows, the time, the time that that precede and build up to uh, massive godlessness, massive lawlessness, and the man of iniquity or the man of lawlessness will be revealed, and he will become what we call, or he will eventually reveal himself as what we call the Antichrist, and he will seek to destroy all morality, all ethics, all godliness, every mention of God from the face of the earth, and he will persecute and murder uh, uh, those who will not abandon their faith, who who will not give up on their faith, but We also know that before the man of sin is revealed, and this is comforting to me, before the man of sin is revealed, there's going to be a great falling away, and somewhere in there, there is going to be what the Bible calls uh, the rapture. Now, I want you to realize this. There are so many things we do know about the rapture, but there's also so many things we don't know about the rapture. One of the key things about the rapture that we don't know is we, ha- we have no specific signs or times of when it's gonna happen. I see, so one of the things that happens, people look at the scriptures about the second coming of Jesus where he's coming back to overthrow the Antichrist and set up his kingdom uh, and restore the throne of David uh, and rule the world from that throne for a thousand years. Now, the Bible gives us all kinds of signs about how we can recognize those times and recognize what is actually happening. But there are no specific signs, uh, neither are there any preconditions that have to be met in order for the rapture to take place. Now, this is done purposely because, you know, Jesus has left and yeah, he's been been gone 2,000 years. But I can tell you this, I can assure you this, if he's gone 5,000 years, 6,000 years, the one thing you know, whatever length of time that he is gone before he comes back to get us, you know, in fact, that that is all based on what would bring about the greatest goodness of God. See, when we run into things in the Bible that we don't understand, it's real simple. We just say, you know what? I don't have to understand that. I just know that know that good. I know that, I, I know that uh, everything that he does, he does for our good. And so, that pretty much settles it for me. And then eventually I always find the answer, you know, that, I, that I'm looking for. But if we don't start from the place that God's good, God's always good. I can trust everything that God does and anything that God does. And however he is doing it, he is doing it for the good of the human race. He is doing it to bring eternal life to as many people as possible. Well, but let me, let me just say this. Uh, Even though I said, you know, even if Jesus tarried 6,000 years, he's not going to. We are so very, very close. Now, many people say, well, every generation has believed that uh, they would see the return of the Lord Jesus in their time. Well, you know what? Even if they believed that and it didn't happen, it probably helped them more than it hurt them because people who are looking for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, these are people that keep their passion. These are people that that understand they have to be conscientious. These are people that remember how they need to be managing their life and how they need to be helping and bringing benefit from other people. So, every generation that believed there there was the generation, I can guarantee you this, it helped them. It built them up. It strengthened them and it helped make them ready for whatever they had to face in their time. Well, I want you to realize this. So we have these two events. One of them, one of them is described as as Jesus coming like a thief in the night. One of them, you know, talks about the fact that that people are going around like they're asleep. They're not recognizing the signs of the times. They're not recognizing what's going on. And then we have other uh, other descriptions of Jesus coming the second time, where he actually brings back with him all. Of the all of the dead in Christ who have been resurrected, all of the believers who have been raptured, and whatever angels he chooses to bring back with him. And, um, and I'm telling you, the rapture and the second coming, uh, should be hope. Matter of fact, the second coming is a lot of where the patience of the saints come from. You know, people, uh, people. Lose hope, they lose confidence, they lose peace when they feel like there is no vindication for them or no vindication for what's going to happen. Now, one of the things I am absolutely sure of, beginning with the rapture, there will be a series of very definitive uh, events, and every one of those events will vindicate God from creation until now. In other words, we will finally see beyond the veil of lies and religion and corruption. We will see why God did every single thing that he did, and and we will vindicate God. and, And it doesn't matter how brutal something seemed to us when we were thinking like humanistic pagans here on planet Earth. We will repent of all that. We will bow our knees. We will confess with our tongues that Jesus is Lord and that he is absolutely vindicated in every single thing that he has ever done. So this is one of the reasons that uh, the rapture and the second coming is supposed to be a, a point of hope and strength because we know there will be a vindication. We know That every deed, good or bad, idle or intentional, is going to is going to have to give an answer for those actions. And we also know that we will be resurrected with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will rule and reign with him forever. And I'm telling you, absolutely can't wait till that. But let's look at this just a minute. So it says up down in verse 18, after it says all of this stuff, it says, therefore comfort one another with these words man i i'm i'm liking i'm liking comfort and i'm liking hope so if i'm going to take the bible seriously then when i start freaking out because of all of these wicked things that are happening on in planet earth then One of the ways that I will find comfort, according to the Bible, which is always right, never wrong, I will start finding comfort and I will start finding relief and and release by reminding myself about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, about the rapture. This is so incredibly important. As a matter of fact, in, in the book of Titus, later on in the book of Titus, it actually calls the teaching about the rapture and the second coming. It actually calls it the blessed hope. Now, uh, the word hope means a, a confident expectations of good things. Now, I got to ask you, based on what you're seeing in the news, based on what you're seeing happen in the world around you, based on what you might even be hearing in church or or on Christian television over and over again, are you hearing? Things about the second coming of Jesus. Are you hearing things about the rapture, and are you starting to gain a confident expectation of a good outcome for all of this? See, I'm convinced that we're not. I have said this time and time and time again that that uh, our emotions are the product of where we place our attention. And so, if I place my attention on something that is positive, that's encouraging, that is helpful. And my emotions change. I start feeling encouraged. I start feeling help. I start feeling strengthened. But if I put my my attention on everything that's going wrong, man, I start sinking down into a dark hole of desperation and fear and dread. I am convinced that the, that the news media, uh, whether the, I believe some of them know it, but I believe that one of the primary deceptive goals is, in the news media is to destroy hope in all the human race, get people to expect the worst, get people to stop looking for God in the midst of all this chaos. And, and the problem is, as, see, we have authority here on planet Earth. As our beliefs go that way, then we make decisions that take us farther and farther and farther. Now, remember, the word authority just means the right to do something. All human beings have authority or have the right to rule and reign on planet Earth, and they will have until, uh, really, until Jesus comes back. Now, so, so the problem is everyone loses hope and they start talking discouragement, they start talking desperation, they start talking fear, then we are unleashing on this world a spirit of fear by the authority of our very own words, by speaking and saying these things that bring death and destruction. So this is not the time when we need to be constantly reminded of everything bad. It always amazes me. Every time I've ever taught the the book of Revelation, you know, the book of Revelation opens with the fact that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. But I got news for you. Almost everybody reads the book of Revelation looking for the Antichrist, looking for the devil, looking for all of the hard times that, that are going to come. Now, you know, we we we've got to ask ourselves this question, and and I'll repeat this. I probably already have repeated it in some other places in uh, uh, in the audio series that goes with this. But the question is, are you looking out your window every day to see if the an Antichrist is coming? Are you looking out there to see how bad things are getting, or are you looking out the window saying, "Jesus could come today. I'm ready. I'm ready." And and are you keeping yourself filled with hope? um and and comfort because you are reminding yourself continually of what we have in, in Jesus and and the fact that just as sure as he was resurrected and came up out of the grave and by the way he didn't just come up out of the grave he came up out of Hades he came up out of uh, uh, an aspect of death where where sinners were bound and and he had to win all of those battles which kind of kind of are parallel to the battles that are going on in the earth today, and we're going to be resurrected. We're coming up out of this thing. I'm telling you, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, suddenly, bam, we're going to be transformed, and we are going to immediately be with him and be with the resurrected dead and be with the angels, and we're going to to have this big, big, big celebration, and then we're going to come back in just a short time with the Lord Jesus and we are going to rule and reign we are we are absolutely taking over that's it that that's all there is to it that needs to be where my focus is that needs to be what i'm thinking about that needs to be the thing that i'm reminding myself of continually so that i have comfort and so that i have hope now i'm telling you you can study the end times all you want to i have studied the end times very thoroughly for decades and decades and decades I didn't talk about it much, you know, uh, thirty years ago, forty years ago, uh, uh, you know, twenty years ago, but about fifteen years ago, give or take a little, the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, "All right, it's time to start preparing people." And uh, again, it was—it was just—it was—it just, was, it was just so weird. Even though the number one testimony I get back about my book Apocalypse, number one testimony is I can finally look at the end times and not be afraid. Only book I've ever read about the second coming that didn't fill me with fear I'm filled with hope I'm I'm filled with faith and I know that I can be an overcomer those are the kind of testimonies I'm getting from that book so it wasn't a negative book but it, it was amazing to me the people that were critical of me for publishing that book when I did uh, because you know the, the economy was booming all of these things were were going right and everybody was like man look everything's fixed and I'm like no it's not fixed nothing nothing is fixed and uh, and so, you know, I, I caught slack for that. So now we get to where we are now, and I'm not teaching too much about uh, the Antichrist and all that kind of stuff. Now I'm, I, now I'm getting criticism. I, you need to be talking more about the end times. You need to be talking more about the Antichrist. It's like, look, I gave you that, I gave you that, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, and now I'm giving you something else to look forward to because this is not the day that you get up every single day and watch the news. I'm, I'm just telling you this. If you watch the news every day, and if it is negatively affect you, quit it, stop it. You know, I discovered a long time ago that anytime I'm facing great challenges, I need to get up, I need to commune with the Lord, and I do not need to make a single decision until I am at peace with God, my heart is stable, I'm filled full of faith, and then I'm going to make incredible decisions. But if I don't do that, I'm going to make reactionary decisions out of fear and unbelief. And even when I'm trying my best to get the good outcome that I would like to get, I'm not, I'm not going to get it, because remember, every seed bears after its own kind. If I'm planting seeds in my garden that are full of fear, what do they do? They grow more fear. If I plant seeds that are, that are full of dread and torment, what do they grow? More dread and torment. So I, I want the seeds in my garden every day to be about the Lord Jesus, about His second coming, about about the fact that we are literally going to meet Him and spend all of eternity. And listen, don't forget, uh, if you'd like to help me raise up a billion disciples around the world, go to my website, drjimrich.com or impactministries.com and be sure and become a world changer with us because I'm telling you, we are going to keep touching the world till the very last day. Listen, look forward to talking to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this.
0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.